Skyrat was on the rooftop of Echoy's building, sitting on the antimatter containment unit, doing his homework. Lee Choice was one of those commercial teleporter joints you go to so you can grossly overpay to send your grandma in Purple City her birthday present since you forgot to mail it last week. This particular location specialized in teleporting goods fresh off the boat and was significantly larger than any of the city's other locations. The containment unit hummed under our hero, supplying more power to this one franchise than the entire planet could produce back where and when I came from. Math equations filled the notebook page on his lap. His backpack was open next to him. On the street in front of the Lee Choice, just inside the wall at the open dock gate, four Louis gathered next to a beaten-up old green pickup truck, talking loudly, smoking cigarettes. People wandered by them on the street, dock workers, robed and hooded cultists, vagrants, blissed-out space cadets. Other Louis who went by yelled greetings and curses at their comrades. Now his sister gave me that one, a voice from below said. The others laughed. On the top floor of the neighboring building was Bog. He stood at the window of a darkened room wearing a tailored black suit, black shirt and tie. A pair of binoculars were pressed into his eyes. A radio headset was wrapped on his long black hair, with a mouthpiece curving around his right cheek. Into his radio he was saying, I don't know, man. It looks like he's doing his homework or something. Laser was in the Lee Choice stairwell, making his way up the three flights to the roof where Skyrat sat. He was sweating profusely inside of his own wrinkled, ill-fitting black suit. He had to stop and catch his breath. He loosened his tie and unbuttoned the top button of his sweat-stained collar and hunched over. Sweat dripped from his nose and eyebrow. You should have done this, man. He told his headset with a cough. I can't up. <coughs> I don't do steps. Pull yourself together, fair man. Bog lit another cigarette, then looked out at the ocean beyond the city wall. The boat's coming. Get up there. I'm quite the going, Bog's partner groaned. But let me go on record as saying that if this kid's as powerful as they say, we're not going to bring him in against his will. Then we'll just have to make friends with him, Bog told him. Aren't people your specialty? If we play our cards right tonight, we could bag Skyrat before that Nimrod Patel. Can you imagine? If we get him and Louie Louie in one fell swoop, our careers will be made. Unless you screw it up, like with that gig over at Interdimensional Crime. I always appreciate when you bring that up. Skyrat couldn't see the boat from his vantage point. The city wall blocked his view. Somehow some daredevil graffiti artist had managed to tag the top of the wall opposite him with his signature, perhaps in cuneiform or hieroglyphics. It was impressive, maybe saying, Dog Tiger or Bag Tripper. Laser burst out of the rooftop door, flashing his badge and proclaiming, Department of Piracy, drop the pencil and put your hands where I can see them. Skyrat was not intimidated by the frumpy, overweight dude with a badge and a smoker's cough. He remained seated, his pencil still on the page. He smiled at the guide. The poor fellow was struggling for oxygen. Rat said, Too many steps, eh?
The guy waved it off. No, it's fine. He was young, in his early twenties, maybe. I'm all good. Did you say you were at the Department of Piracy? Laser was too busy coughing to answer. His deodorant was useless. Below, someone was saying, But those aren't meant to go in your ear. Skyrat said, Come on, dude. You made that up, right? An answer occurred to him, and he scrawled down Y's equivalent in the notebook. There's no such thing as the Department of Piracy. Sure there is. Laser pointed to his ID right below the plastic badge in the imitation leather wallet he was using to display them. See? I'm codenamed Laser, and you're threatening our investigation. Skyrat had seen his fair share of police badges. He threw his head back with laughter. Codename Laser? He cackled. Really? Laser stood up straight. That's right. We use code names in the D.O.P. He glared at the seated kid in the makeshift superhero costume. Skyrat. Oh, I didn't choose my stupid name. He closed his notebook. I wanted to be called Red Ronin, but after I stopped some Louie for pickpocketing this dude who looked like he was 90, he told a news lady that I was like a rat who fell from the sky, so the news started calling me Skyrat, and it stuck. He started putting his things into his backpack. You, my friend, made a conscious choice to be called Codename Laser. The people were after are dangerous and have too many caps on their payrolls. Our code names are like... Like wearing a mask. Laser was getting flustered. What's wrong with laser? A focused beam of light is not the first thing I think of when I look at you. For quite sake, shouted Bog into lasers here. That boat is about to pull up. Below them, the Louis were driving their truck through the wall's gate out to the dock to meet the approaching boat. Laser pocketed his ID wallet. Skyret, you have no authority here, he said in his best cop voice. Do not, and let me repeat myself, do not intervene. The rat stood up, tossed his book bag aside, and got in Laser's face. Or what? He'd gotten pretty good at acting tough. Laser put his hands on the kid's chest and gently pushed him back. Listen, I shouldn't be telling you this, but there's something important coming in on that boat. We have an inside guy, see? That shipment is important to Louie Louie himself, and it's imperative to the nature of our investigation that we let it get through to her. Louie Louie herself? Again, the Skyrat laughed at him. You're clueless, man. Look, if you're a cop, we both know the only reason you let these guys go without seizing their cargo is because you stand to make a couple of bucks off it. Someone has to keep these quadholes from having their way with our city. Someone has to lay down the law. You cops won't. He put his palms up, stopping Laser from correcting him. You Department of Piracy types won't do it, so it's up to me. In a terrible Cockney accent, he said, and a good day to you, sir. Sprinted to the edge of the building and dove off. He's going for it, Laser breathed into his radio. 
With their truck loaded, the gangbangers rolled back down the pier to the gate where Skyrat blocked their exit. Bathed in the red light of the truck's one-working brake light, he posed with his fists on his hips, saying in his best superhero voice, Not so fast, Blast Monkeys. As usual, the Louis were game for a scuffle with him. On the passenger side was the biggest guy, so Rat dove for him first, slamming the driver's side door on his foot and then his hand before reaching in, grabbing him by his jean jacket and pulling him out and into the water. Skyrat knew Ramon, the shirtless dude with the tattoos in the truck bed from previous encounters. Ramon climbed over the boxes to come at Rat with a knife. He was quick, stabbing at Skyrat's head breaking his blade on the kid's skull as if he had stabbed the sidewalk with a dry twig. Rat's gloved hand went to his head. No blood. He snatched the assailant's knife hand and broke his wrist with a twist of his own. Ramon dropped the knife and collapsed to his knee, hugging his ouchie as the shrimp driver with orange braids came around to get his own licks in. Rat slung Ramon across the hood into braids. They collided and fell off into the drink. The fourth and final Louis stood on the back of the truck with a mass repulsor rifle pointed at Skyrat. He was bold, accessorized with red suspenders. Skyrat knew this guy, too. He had caught him breaking out storefront windows with a baseball bat last year. Get out of the way, Rat! He spit. Skyrat said, Kennedy, give me a break. From behind him, Bog said, Put the gun down and step off the truck. Blast him, Kennedy! Splashed one of the guys in the water. Yeah, do, said Laser. I hear all manners of projectiles bounce off our boy here. I want to see. Skyrat shrugged. Stuff had bounced off him before. Not always, though. He had a wicked scar on his right thigh to prove it. Bog ignited his sidearm, a modified Duster 663, and it began purring in his hand. Kennedy lowered the rifle and tossed it away. Louie Louie isn't gonna like this, Bog. She's gonna blame me. This wasn't our deal. Deal? Splashed Louie. Call the traitor! Bog said. Blame the rat, Kennedy. I didn't expect to see him any more than you. Get out of the truck. He approached the truck like a cop would, but Skyrat still didn't buy the whole Department of Piracy thing. Kennedy climbed out of the truck and faced Bog at the tailgate. Sorry, man, Bog said, holstering his sidearm under his suit jacket. He shoved the Louie off the dock and into the water. Tattoos was climbing a ladder out of the water. Laser kicked him in the head, positing him back into the waves. We better go, dude, he said to his partner. Right, said Bog. Skyrat put his palms up. Wait a minute, D.O.P., I'm taking these boxes. Bog pointed at the truck bed. Nothing of interest for you here, Skyboy. See for yourself. Skyrat! He climbed into the back of the truck. One of the three boxes of the shipment was open, so he reached for it. Suddenly there was a jarring lurch, and the truck began moving as the door slammed shut. Rat was knocked off balance and went down under the rusted-out truck bed. Hey! he yelled. The truck's tires screeched as they drove through the wall's gate as they raced away from the docks. Skyrat inspected the boxes. 
Inside the open one were copies of a mail-order lingerie catalogue for a company based out of Blue City. Skyrat pulled the tape off the flaps of the second box. It was full of Janusian cigarette cartons and Jamaican rum. The third box had more lingerie catalogues, but on closer inspection, a black plastic case packed in styrofoam packing peanuts was hidden underneath. He flipped the clasps, opening it. Pill-sized devices lined the foam interior. There were dozens of them. Tiny fibers were coming off of either side of each, giving them the look of a questionable insect. He banged on the cab's back window. Stop the truck! he ordered. The truck turned left on Inner Circle Boulevard, beeping. Balg was driving in the wrong lane. He swerved to miss a couple of pedestrians and made a hard left, peeling the tires again. We could sell it back to her, Laser said. We shouldn't have taken it in the first place, Bog admonished. Wasn't my idea, man. Skyrat struggled with the window, forced it open with a series of grunts and ignored pleas for help, then squeezed in through the opening headfirst. He wedged himself between the two so-called Department of Piracy agents. They were amicable enough about it, making room for him. Stop the truck, Skyrat said. Or what? Bog asked without looking at him. Laser asked, Is that a shirt sleeve on your head? No, Rat lied. I mean, yeah, so what? I'm just asking, dude. He removed a pack of twin breezes from his breast pocket and put a cigarette between his lips. Disgusted, Skyrat said. At least open a window. Jeez, dude. As the window went down, the sounds of the city filled the cab. Voices, honks, electrical vibrations, snippets of bossa nova. They were in little Brazil. Policemen wore mechanized, armored suits out front of a donut shop. Bog looked Skyrat over. Not exactly a classic superhero costume, my man. He usually digs a man in uniform. Skyrat defended himself, saying, I can't sew and I feel stupid in tights. The truck went right. They seemed to be heading towards the west side of the island. Somewhere a woman screamed obscenities. Skyrat said, I know what you two are doing. You're black market opportunists. Too good for the Louis, too bad for an honest day's work, am I right? Bog guffawed. You know better. What's this? He patted Skyrat's belly. Looks like a lingerie catalog. Skyrat squirmed. Evidence! Evidence. Laser guffawed, reaching for Rat's hoodie pocket and removing a couple of mobile phones from it. Why do you need two phones? Those are mine! Laser held them out of Skyrat's reach, flipping through the contacts list on one of them. Hey, Borg, all these people are Louis. Borg smiled in realization. You're a coffin thief, aren't you? Am not! You're just like us. It's cool. Bob merged onto inner city highway, and for the average green city driver, traffic laws were viewed as suggestions. They drove in silence for a bit. Skyrot said, 
Louie Louie is not a she. This drug bog is particularly hilarious. Is that so? His name is Louie Louie, Skyrat said. Of course it's a dude. Laser's smile was a smug one. She looks like your hot boss at the office. She's dangerous, spat Bog. Skyrat asked. Why is the shipment so important? He wondered if they knew. Rum and cigarettes, Laser answered. She loves the hooch, but her brand isn't available stateside. She has it shipped from the Caribbean, gives the cigarettes out to a gang, the lingerie catalogs are some kind of scam. That company doesn't even exist. And the electronics? Skyrat asked. Bog turned room. What electronics? Boys? Laser interrupted, adjusting the passenger side mirror to look behind the truck. We got company. An Asian brown Chrysler was fast approaching, bobbing and weaving through traffic, catching up to them. It rear-ended them. Bog swerved, taking out a couple of orange construction cones. Quat! cursed Laser. Another four Louis were in the car. Traffic was merging into a single lane ahead, getting thicker, creating eager idiots in a hurry. No room for any kind of evasive maneuvers. They must really want to order some lingerie, Skyrat quipped. Laser pulled his photon pulser out from under his suit jacket. The rat pushed the barrel down under the dash. Are you stupid? There are people all around us! Laser glared at him. Bog said, I just lose them in the blist blocks, but I can't get over to the exit. He met eyes with the superhero. Skyrat, go out there and get them. And do what? He shook his head. Besides, I'm not doing you quartals any favors. Laser said, Things are about to get real interesting now that the Tonys are gone. You want to keep up your quarthing about, or would you rather step in the ring with the big dogs? You're an amateur. Stick with us. We'll take you pro. Wait, so... Skyrat shook his head. What do you mean the Tonys are gone? Totally vanished. Gone, said Laser. The Louis rammed the back of the truck again. One of them, some wiry dude with blue hair, was climbing onto the roof of their vehicle. A projectile pinged through the windshield. Quiet! Laser pointed, calling out. You're open on the right, man. Get over! Bog swung into the lane's opening, saying, Have you seen any triads lately, Skyrat? Another blast went through the cab, this time from something hot. A glowing orange-rimmed hole smoked in the windshield. Take the exit for 18th Street! Right, said Bog, skidding around the exit and bouncing off a guardrail. He continued, Geronimo was set to buy Poseidon's food from Tony. We think the Louis took the Tonys out to stop the sale. Why? The truck bounced. Blue hair had jumped into the truck bed. The Chrysler tried to get around to the side of the truck, but oncoming traffic stopped them, honking. With Poseidon out of the picture, she's the only organized crime boss left in Green City with the clout to negotiate with Geronimo, said Laser. 
Bogved Hot Ride, bouncing off a newish gray hover car and knocking Blue Hair down into the truck bed. His gun went off, the hot blast piercing the side of the truck. The hover car that had hit veered off into the sidewalk, crashing into a parked car and mailbox. Some guy was going nuts about it, running out in the street in a futile attempt to chase after them. The Chrysler was still hot on their tail. Blue Hair had started fiddling with the window at the back of the cab. Fine! Rat acquiesced. I'll deal with him. Just get us the court out of this neighborhood. They're in the industrial district near the Forest Glen projects where hundreds of families, countless numbers of those family members being Louis, lived in squalid efficiencies. They were deep behind enemy lines, no place for an open fight. Make a left and head to the underpass. He turned at his seat and punched through the glass of the back window, hitting Blue Hair in the teeth, flopping him back down with the truck bed. Swerve! Bog jerked the wheel, nearly avoiding a lady on her bicycle. Skyrat secured the evidence in the front of his jeans, brushed away the remaining glass in the window frame, and squeezed out into the back. He got to his feet, steadying himself against the cab of the speeding clunker. The blue-haired Louis took a knee, pointing his TD-3, firing off one just as the truck hit a bump, missing again. Skyrat pounced on him, socked him in the nose, knocking him out cold. Behind them, the three remaining Louis in the Chrysler were still giving chase. The two passengers raised their sidearms. Rat dropped to his belly, and gunfire rang out. Inside the cab, Laser yelled, There! On the right! The truck swung into the next lane, cutting off another truck at the entrance to the Poseidon processing plant. Skyrat shifted onto the cab, reached through the window, and smacked Laser in the back of the head. Here! Let them catch up. The truck veered left, slowing as the Chrysler approached. Skyrat leapt, belly flopping under the hood and grabbing a hold of the crevices of the windshield for dear life. The driver cut the wheel and they spun around 180 degrees to a tire squealing stop, the suddenness of which catapulted Skyrat off 20 yards or so. The gangbangers filed out, ignoring Rat, and went straight for Bog, Laser, and the green truck, guns blazing. Bog swung around, hit the gas, and the pickup peeled away, leaving Skyrat behind. The Louis turned back to their car for another chase, but Rat was standing on their roof. How many holes do I have in me? He asked them. He immediately recognized the soggy one with red suspenders as Kennedy. They just stared. None? Yeah, that's because you're all awful shots. Terrible. They raised their pistols to correct their mistake, but the rat was too fast. He leapt into the air and came down, feet first into the driver. A spin kick took the guy with the nose ring off his feet, and an uppercut took down Kennedy. That's right! Skyrat shouted, celebrating his near instantaneous victory over three opponents. In the distance, he heard Tyre squeal, snapping him from his reverie. He couldn't believe Bog and Laser had left him behind, outnumbered in hostile territory. From the blacktop, Nosering snorted and lurched forward and grabbed Rat's ankle with both hands. He had quite a grip. Skyrat looked down. More, Mr. Louie. Kennedy's tackle caught Skyrat off guard. 
He went down hard, cracking his head on the pavement, filling it with constellations. Kennedy clambered on top of him, punched him in the eye, blinding from pain. Rat reached out, grabbed onto his suspenders, and slung him away. That's when Nose Ring kicked the rat in the side. Gah! He called out. Now the driver was back to his feet, too, attempting a roundhouse kick, pivoting from his left knee. Skyrat caught the Louis jeans at the calf and swung him off in the direction of Nose Ring. They collided with an oomph and collapsed on the asphalt. Rat scurried up as fast as he could, his rib broken from Nose Ring's cheap shot. He clutched his side, breathing into the pain, giving the three Louis a stare down as they got back to their own feet. The driver said, My brother's in jail because of you. Nose Ring said, So is my stepmom. Kennedy said, You're coughing dead man, Skyrat. When the driver swung his right hook, Rat dodged it, caught his arm, and fractured it at the elbow over his knee with a sick crack, popping bone out of skin. It would never heal right. Espy's face struck like lightning in Skyrat's mind's eye. Stay and do your homework. He could hear her voice echoing from earlier that afternoon. You'll never punch Ezra back to life. The driver collapsed, crying. Nose ring rushed, Skyrat blindly growling. The rat kicked him in the face hot enough to flip him backwards, landing on his belly, stealing his wind. To Kennedy, Skyrat asked, Hi, friend. Can we talk? Kennedy ran. Skyrat gave chase and regrettably tackled him. His ribs sang an angry toot inside his hoodie. He climbed on the guy's back, pinning Kennedy's arms with his knees, holding his head down to the sticky tar of the parking lot. He demanded to know. What deal did you make with Borg and Laser? I just told him stuff, that's all. Skyrat pushed harder, grinding the guy's ear. What do you know about the shipment they just drove off with? Nothing. All I know is that Louie Louie want me to pick up a liquor, and I had to bring it back to help. Those cops were just there to watch and take pictures. They weren't even supposed to bother us. Rat let go of his head and stood up. From inside of his maroon hoodie, he removed the evidence, tucked into his jeans, and opened the black plastic case. What does he want with this? Who? asked Kennedy. The cops? Louie Louie. I don't even know what that is. Skyrat took a step back and looked around the scene. Shift change must have been happening, and the fight had drawn a small crowd without Rat even noticing. It was growing exponentially. Suddenly he realized how young the driver with the mangled arm was, maybe twelve or thirteen. He was on his knees, sobbing over his busted limb. Everybody just get back, okay? Our hero backed up, his palms toward the factory workers on either side of him. I'm sorry, he offered the kid. I'm really, really sorry. To Kennedy, he asked, You have one of those cops' numbers in your phone? There was a subway station a block or two away, around the corner and up the street. Skyrat stole the Louis phones from them and hobbled off across the parking lot, taking off his mask, jacket, and gloves along the way. Plenty of factory workers were around, but no one paid him any mind once it was clear that the fight was over. It was dark, and in a city as crowded as this one, people were practiced in professional apathetics. He hugged the black plastic case against his belly, 
At the corner, he dropped his Skyrat costume into a garbage can and went down into a subway terminal. Scott searched his pockets for his pass guard, but he couldn't find it, nor his wallet. He leaned back against the concrete wall. He had left his backpack on the roof near the docking gate, and everything was in it. The subway pass, his wallet, his homework, his books, even the phone with Samantha Cyber's number in it. Cawthon D.O.P. distracted me, he seethed to himself, but he knew it was his own mindless mistake. After a moment of lamination, a train pulled up to the platform. He jumped the turnstile and slipped into the train car just as the doors were closing and the protesting attendant was about to catch him. There was a lurch and then the train shot into the tunnels. Scott sat down across from a little boy and his mother. The boy was about seven, drumming the beat of his song on his knees. Four little monkeys jumping on the bed. One fell off and broke his head. He went on like that, singing quietly. Scott relaxed as much as he could against the cold plastic seat and fell asleep to the lullaby and clickety-clack of the steel wheels on the track. <laughs>